So today the topic uh, we have is mentoring and we have a special uh, guest today, Rahul Jain. Um, Rahul is a technical leader with uh, 20 years of experience in building and running software product, products. Uh, now he leads uh, business intelligence and data engineering uh, units at Omeo, which is a ticket booking company. Also, Rahul is a mentor at the Mentoring Club, where he offers guidance and coaching, coaching to engineers and managers. And this is uh, the reason I reached out to Rahul and asked to share his experience with us. Um, uh, because of his experience in uh, at, at the mentoring club, um, thank you, Rahul, for coming um, today, and it's a pleasure to have you. Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks, Alexi, for having me. Yes. Yeah, so before we go into the main topic of mentoring, uh, uh, maybe you could uh, you could tell uh, us a bit about your background. Uh, can you tell us about your journey so far? Yeah, sure. So, um, so I grew up in India uh, in different parts of uh, Northern India. Um, and then I graduated in 99 uh, in mining engineering, actually. So not data mining, but mining engineering. But um, I think by the time I graduated, I, I was kind of um, not so interested in pursuing a career in mining. And um, I was more, um, I was sort of interested in computers um, um, you know, around that time. And thankfully for me, um, there was this IT boom. Um, <laughs> in the world so i kind of took the advantage and joined um, an indian it services company um, in bangalore in india and i was there for about seven years as a java programmer and i think back then java was uh, almost like how you have golang and, and rust these days it was, it was the cool thing to do um, so i learned a lot um, I worked on in different domains uh, as a consulting company uh, mostly in finance, but also other domains. Um, and then um, after spending about seven years there, um, I moved to Singapore uh, and joined Credit Suisse, which is an investment bank. And I think that was uh, probably my first uh, foray into the data world because um, as an investment bank, there was most of the products and, and technologies that they were working on were all related to data, even though we didn't really call it big data at that time, but I was still, you know, I was part of this, um, team called Market Data in Jess, where I was kind of doing ETLs, although I didn't know that it was called an ETL at that time. And so I spent again about six or seven years there, um, working initially as a, a backend engineer and then later as a team leader as well. Um, and, then, um, and then I joined ThoughtWorks, which is a consulting company. They have offices all over the world. And I think they're, 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 they're very, um, they're very popular for, you know, deep engineering skills. And Martin Fowler, if you're familiar with his name, he's one of the employees. And there again, you know, it's a consulting company. So I worked on different domains, but again, I was kind of very close to data around that time. Um, and then about three years ago, I decided to move to Berlin um, to join Omeo, which was uh, called GoEuro at that time. Uh, as I said, we are a ticketing company. So if you are traveling anywhere in Europe uh, and also in US these days, you can go to our portal and book, book your tickets. Um, and then when I joined, I was asked to uh, lead the BI and data engineering team. And that's, that has been um, somewhat my journey um, so far. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, an interesting experience, especially starting from mining. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's kind of crazy because I started with mining and I'm kind of doing data mining now. So it's, <laughs> there's some similarity in, in those two worlds. Yeah, even though now it's uh, not uh, called data mining anymore, now it's data science, right? <laughs> and um, 
you also uh, you like today the topic is mentoring and you are also active in uh, in this area you mentor people uh, at this mentoring club and uh, what does mentoring mean to you like well, what is it uh, what is this activity? yeah so i think the, the the traditional definition of mentoring is is about you know having i think they call it a, a partnering relationship with someone who maybe knows a little bit more about a certain topic than you and so you reach out to them and build this kind of you know support relationship um, maybe there's some questions that you're trying to answer and so on but for me i define it a little more loosely um, and and for me the definition is just about you know reaching out to someone for a different perspective um, it, it could be about a problem that you're trying to solve, some challenge or some decision that you're trying to make in your career. And it's just about, you know, getting, getting an opinion from someone who may, have, who may have a perspective that might be interesting for you. I think it, it would be, that's, that's where I would kind of say that it's, that's how I define it. Um, and I feel that in our industry, especially in tech, it's very important because um, personally, I've seen that um, you know, unlike industries like food or retail or law, um, we don't really have a very good tradition of apprenticeship, uh, where you know you're for the for the first few years you're working with someone closely, they're mentoring you, guiding you, and that's why it becomes very important to have someone to reach out to when you have you know some challenges that you you're trying to navigate through. So, as I understood, for you, it doesn't necessarily mean like a long-term activity. It can also be just reaching out for advice, but also can be like um, something more. Uh, or say like more formal, um, like an apprenticeship uh, program uh, at a company which lasts for maybe a couple of years, right? Yeah, it, it depends. So it depends on, on your needs. Um, I think traditionally, and I also recommend to have a long-term mentoring relationship, but uh, quite often people have like, you know, really small, very specific questions and it's perfectly okay to reach out and, and to a mentor and, and get some advice in that area as well. So, it's 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 not like a very you know specific definition. It just depends on your needs. Yeah. So it can be let's say I am a Java developer and I want to go to data analysis and then Absolutely. I reach out to somebody asking, hey, do you think this is the right thing to me? Uh, this would be also mentoring. Absolutely. And uh, was mentoring an important part of your career so far? Um, well, for the first ten years, no. <laughs> and that's the crazy thing. And in fact, that's probably why I got into mentoring because I realized this huge gap that I went through. Uh, so for the first 10 years, I didn't have a mentor really. Um, I didn't even know what, what that meant. But um, my, um, my foray into mentoring both as a mentor as, and as a mentee started when I joined ThoughtWorks because ThoughtWorks had a very rich culture of you know, having a sponsor or a mentor. Uh, for every employee. And that's how I kind of got introduced to this concept. And, and that's when I started having uh, mentors as well as mentees. Okay. And how does it work? So basically, the moment you join, you get a mentor who stays with you throughout uh, your entire um, employment at ThoughtWorks? Yes. Or? yes. So I, I mean, they, 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 they keep experimenting with different formats. But I think, yeah, that's typically how it works. Um, you're, you're not always appointed a mentor, you're encouraged to find one for yourself. Um, but if you can't, then the organization or the people team uh, or someone you know, can, can help you find one for yourself. And it's typically not someone who's uh, from your team, 
because the idea is to get uh, mentorship from from a person who can offer like an unbiased you know impartial opinion about your career and therefore it's advisable to seek someone who's not your immediate manager for example you know someone from a different team or, or something like that yeah mm-hmm. and um, if you want to uh, find a mentor let's say at thought works mm-hmm. it's nice that uh, there is such a thing as a mentorship program right mm-hmm. but uh, having such person to talk to and talk about uh, your problems is very useful especially uh, there are there are some things you don't want to talk to your manager about right yeah. so some sometimes uh, it's better to ask for an opinion uh, uh, for somebody else like you said from yeah. a different team how how to find such a person do you have any ideas i think that's probably the most difficult part of it all right because um you don't know uh, whether the person um so first of all you know you, you're trying to seek someone who has experience or who can offer meaningful actionable advice in the area that 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 you're struggling with or you have questions around um and secondly you're also looking for someone who can play that role you know just because they have the knowledge does not mean they can uh, also be a good mentor um but i think it's an iterative process you know uh, so so rather than trying to kind of spend a lot of time initially searching for the right person <laughs> you maybe have to try it out you know with with a with few people so you could ask around in your network um if if um similar to thoughtworks if you have a formal program in your organization you could hook on, hook in into that or otherwise you know through through your personal network you typically come across somebody but i've also seen people uh, and you know these days we have uh, programs like the mentoring club that i'm a member of which which have made it a lot more easier to find someone but otherwise i've even uh, seen people just you know directly through linkedin reaching out to somebody they know or they've heard of and asking them hey i have these questions would you have some time to to give to me so yeah but i think uh, as i said it's a it's a process so you have to go through a couple of iterations before you can find the right person Yeah and uh, that's interesting uh, you, you you said uh, you suggested that you can just reach out to your network and sometimes uh, I'm active on LinkedIn and sometimes I have these requests uh, like hey can you help me um, on this thing um, and uh, I cannot always help like I don't always have the expertise and sometimes I feel like people just send it to everyone mm-hmm. and uh, in hope that somebody will uh, respond but uh, I th- think maybe there is a better way to target uh, uh, this message to a specific person right so maybe you have some recommendation let's say um, if you want to find a mentor in your network how do you go about find, finding this person i think it's it's like building a relationship right so yes um, the cold calls would 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 be you know unpredictable you, you don't know whether the other person has time they don't know who you are Uh, and sometimes you know just investing in those networks a little bit before you reach out to them is always better so maybe there's a meetup group or like the the the, the data talk slack channel or something so you're building some some kind of you know you're you're investing in that relationship or that network a little bit the other person also gets to know you a little bit more and that's the time that you know you reach out to them and ask if they are willing to and if they know you already if they've seen how you work if they've seen you participate then you know they may be a little more open to to that kind of a conversation right um so i think yeah i think one of the the ways to do that is to just build that relationship 
but again i would also say don't be don't be afraid of like if you really have um, uh, you know a, a good reason to reach out to somebody maybe just dropping them a line uh, an email or, or a note with with specifics would be helpful and don't get deterred by um, a lack of an answer you have to keep trying mm -hmm. yeah and uh, yeah so th this is an interesting topic like how to find a mentor and you said sometimes like uh, what i call maybe uh, sending a cold email will still work i do sometimes get such emails that are interesting i'm happy to help people but um, yeah how this email should look like to increase the chances of response uh, in your opinion like what are the emails let's say when you get an email and you know that you immediately want to uh, to answer and to help this person versus uh no okay i don't know if i should spend my time trying to figure out what this person wants and if i want to help like, is there yeah. something you can recommend no, absolutely. I think um, being being a bit more specific in your request helps. So if I put myself in that situation and I get a message from someone and they say, hey, can you help me with this? A little more detail around this is who I am. This is what I am struggling with. Or this is the question I have. What do you think? This is what I have tried. So just showing that earnestness, that authenticity sometimes speaks volumes versus uh, a very vague message saying, can you help me, you know, uh, because I don't know and I don't really know if I can really help you or not. Um, so maybe just being more specific is helpful if you are purely making a cold call uh, and, and also maybe sharing a little bit about your background that, you know, this is what I have done. This is this is how I'm navigating with this challenge right now and so on and so forth. That might also be very helpful. And um, uh, like coming back a bit to your uh this experience uh, uh, as a mentee at ThoughtWorks, at some point, I guess you also became a mentor yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So first you were a mentee, somebody was helping you, but you spent quite a while there. So at some point you had enough experience to actually mentor somebody. Um, what did this do to your career? Like how helpful was it? Was it helpful at all? Or um, like, uh, what were the benefits for you Absolutely. as a mentor? There's quite a few benefits that I have seen um, in the last few years. I mean, first, first and foremost, you know, just just being able to kind of help someone out or or share your experiences is a reward in itself uh, because it's it's a way uh, of you know giving it forward. Um, I also felt that it it made me uh, I'm still learning, but it made me into a better listener. Um, because you kind of uh, have to listen <laughs> a lot and have to be good at listening. Um, I think it's also, uh, so as a, as a team lead, uh, I'm also leading a team. So in some sense, it also gives me a perspective about leading a team by myself and what that means. And, and you know, uh, for example, if someone comes with a problem or challenge, then I can relate that with my own experiences in my team. And, oh, am I also doing the same to my my team you know uh, the, and so on and so forth and then finally it's also given me a good network now so being part of this mentoring club um, i'm also part of you know i'm i'm kind of networking with other people who are mentors themselves so that's also uh, a, a reward in a way mm -hmm. so basically you can help others and this is very rewarding and you also get to know their problems and how to find in the solution to these problems is also helpful you uh, for you to uh, basically, yeah. 
Okay. Um, seeing patterns in problems. I think that's another another uh, part of the learning, which is kind of a little subtle, but it happens over time. So what happens is that even though five people approach you with five different problems, but you start seeing that, oh, you know what? Underneath it all, it's the imposter syndrome. And then you start getting more sensitized to to that as a as a kind of a more generic problem, and you start seeing those patterns in maybe the way you are leading your own team or you're you're seeing someone else lead it, and that also adds to that learning. And if somebody reaches out to you and asks for help on a topic where you don't have experience, what do you usually do in this case? Um, I think it's 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 very uh, simple. You just say that you don't know, you can't help in that area because you don't have much experience, and you then try and connect them to somebody you know who might be able to help. I think it's it's just about that. Okay. Yeah. The, maybe uh, have you been in a situation where you didn't know like how to solve a problem, but just by listening to somebody to listen by listening to their problem and then. Uh, you know, asking questions, uh, you will be able to help them. Yeah, so that's something that I always try to do, right? So, um, and quite quite often it happens um, that someone would reach out to me from, I don't know, they, they're, they, they have experience in marketing. They're not necessarily from the same, um, you know, uh, like tech, but marketing, or um, I had someone reach out to me from the construction industry. Um, and initially, it felt like there isn't much of an overlap between my own experiences and theirs. So I wasn't sure how I would be able to help. But then first and foremost, you know, giving a listening ear to somebody itself is part of mentorship, because sometimes just by that day, they would be able to solve their own problems. And then secondly, as I said earlier, um, you can recognize common patterns. So even if they come from a different background, um, some of these uh, social kind of problems that one sees in, in a workplace are very common. And that's when you can relate and say, hey, I don't know exactly how it works in your environment, but this is something, this is sounding similar to what I have seen and here's what I have done when I had a challenge similar to yours. And, and that's how you try and, you know, start, try and find these dots that can connect these two worlds together. Mm -hmm. That's uh, pretty interesting. So these people from construction industry or from like some other industry industries, uh, they found you through this uh, mentoring club. Yes. Um, yeah, maybe you can tell us a bit more about this club. Uh, what is this? Uh, yeah, so do do there? Club is, a, um, is an initiative that was started earlier this year uh, by a few of my colleagues, ex-colleagues now. Um, in, in Berlin, and I think the 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 um, the, the motivation was simple. Um, we just wanted to reach out to people who had a need for some kind of career mentorship, mentoring, or coaching. And so this is a club. Um, call it a club, but it's a group of people who have grown to almost three hundred people now, three hundred mentors. And I don't have the exact numbers, but I think we've. Um, we've mentored or we've given close to 1000 sessions, if not more. Mm -hmm. It's a it's completely free of cost. Um, so all you have to do is book um, a session with one of the mentors that's available on the club. And and that's about it, you know, and then it's just between you and the mentor. The mentors come from all different walks of life. A lot of uh, the folks there are like CXOs in different companies around Europe, um, as well as outside. 
there's people from product, from tech, from uh, marketing, sales, design, um, entrepreneurs. So, so there's lots of people from different different walks of life. And uh, which topics do you help with on this platform? I personally help with uh, things like, you know, career navigation. Um, so it could be something like I, I said earlier, some challenges that you're facing at your workplace. There's some career related decisions that you are trying to make, maybe trying to switch a career or you're, you've just graduated and trying to figure out whether you should go for higher education or not. Uh, I also uh, sometimes talk to people about more technical topics. So my background or my recent background is in data engineering. So uh, there are times when people approach me about, you know, what's your data stack or what should be an ideal stack for a, for a startup and so on. So it, 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 it varies between these. Yeah. yeah. And um, if, someone, if somebody is looking for advice and uh, somebody who wants to, to reach out to you um, through this mentoring club, um, mm -hmm what should they do to best prepare for this uh, for this mentoring session like how to get to get the most out of this session so um it kind of depends on what exactly are you looking for i mean um initially so but let's let's uh, let's take a common example right so let's say that you have some specific challenges that you're trying to navigate through i think it helps to um to to reach out to your mentor first um and give them as much details as possible about about your background and what what is it that you're looking for. Um, but I think it also uh, helps to do a bit of introspection to see what is it that you're trying to get out of the mentoring relationship or a session. Is it a one-off thing that you're trying to bounce some ideas? Are you looking for some validation about a decision that you've recently taken, or are you looking for a more long-term engagement? You know, so it is good to ask those kind of questions first. Um, I would say also that, you know, don't over prepare. It's not a job interview because sometimes uh, let the conversation flow. So book some time, get, get a basic idea, share these details with your mentor uh, and then let the conversation flow. Um, one of the mistakes, not a mistake, but one of the misconceptions I've seen uh, with people who come for mentoring sessions is that they expect, you know, a very kind of specific answer to a problem. And, and they're, they're often disappointed maybe when they see that there's no real specific answers to most questions, right? A mentor's job is more about showing you, giving you some pointers or kind of, you know, planting a seed in your brain in a way, um, asking you to probe something deeper and so on. So it's a process and, and just, just being aware of that before you get into the mentoring session itself so that you know that you, you're, not, you're not disappointed by the end of it. Mm -hmm. And um, if you can share, uh, if it's possible, maybe not something personal, but uh, from one out, from one of the recent uh, sessions that you had, uh, what kind of problem um, uh, you were approached with? Uh, like maybe there is something super yeah. common that uh, comes up. Absolutely. So there's a, there's a few common areas. Imposter syndrome is the biggest. Mm -hmm. So most, I would say more than 50, 60% of the people who reach out to me are suffering from some kind of an imposter syndrome. They feel they're not good enough in whatever they're doing. That's very common. Um, I also um, uh, get a lot of questions about tech versus management. And this typically happens with people who spend their initial five or six years in technology and are now either by themselves or uh, by their organization being asked to take more leadership roles. 
and they they feel oh you know is it a is it a big choice that i have to make like if i do people management i can't do tech and vice versa so this is very common um then there's a you know um uh, career moves should i join this company should i um you know should i go for higher education and those kind of questions as well mm-hmm. yeah that's interesting uh, like if somebody comes to you and says uh, uh, or describes a problem and you understand okay this person has uh, this imposter syndrome imposter syndrome what mm-hmm. do you usually recommend in this case there's no one answer to it um, because it depends um, because imposter syndrome can can happen for various reasons so the process that i usually um, have is to go a bit deeper into what's the root cause behind it right and and in, more often than not this is more of a perception or a myth that gets built up because of um, mostly external factors but sometimes internal internal as well so the process is just to you know scratch the surface go a bit deeper and question some of those beliefs um and then you know try and try and uh, and, and see what are the you know get to a place where you are able to define that more specifically when you say oh i don't feel good enough i don't feel i'm fit for working in this team what does that mean so i would say i can't give you a specific recommendation um to your question but i think it all depends on just going down that process and trying to understand the root cause behind the, the problem and uh, that uh, your answer makes me wonder like it seems like to be a good mentor you really need to understand people to to go deep uh, and find this root cause and understand okay uh this is actually like the, the real problem is this imposter imposter syndrome um how do you learn that uh, like as a tech person because uh, let's say we we're usually uh, like you as a java developer previously i'm i was also a java developer we used to talking to computers right writing code how do we go from uh writing code to actually understanding people and being a good mentor or maybe it's not for everyone um i think well i guess yeah i think you need to have a little bit of an of a natural inclination and in helping people but I, i would also argue that most people have that right and as we grow um so yes for the first couple of years of your career maybe you're you're spending most of your energies as an individual contributor but in most work environments you're always um you know helping someone out uh, maybe there's a new person who joined your team and you're helping them with onboarding right so there's always that 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 aspect of it's a you know prog- even tech programming or or data is still a social activity you're still working in teams and therefore um uh, you do even inadvertently acquire a lot of these people skills even if you don't believe that yourself you do have uh, always a a personal you know way of helping other people right and it's just about honing that and bringing that to the table when you are uh, acting as a mentor and then there are certain aspects which um, which you learn kind of you know tricks of the trade uh, so to speak which you learn as you go like you know being a better listener or not jumping like one of my uh, colleagues from the mentoring club calls it the advice monster you know uh, so not immediately jumping into giving advice but listening to what what the other person is trying to say so i think it's it's just about as you said it's a skill it comes with practice um but i'm sure if you look deeper you you're already doing that uh, in 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 many ways in your current 
workplace already, right? So it's just about taking that to the next level. So basically, do not be afraid of trying. It's not as uh, difficult as it sounds. Right? No, not at all. And 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 it's you know it's um, it's a very rewarding exercise, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's nothing wrong in helping uh, other people out. So it's not about sitting on a higher pedestal or oh, I have so much knowledge that I'm going to give it to you. It's just really about giving them a listening ear. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ksenia is asking what are the main motivations for a mentor to mentor someone? We, I think we touched on this topic a bit. So you said like uh, it helps you personally, uh, like you, you start seeing patterns, you become a better listener, and that it's also rewarding for you when somebody, like when you have this feeling of uh, helping someone out. Is there something else that... Uh, that is helpful? No, I, I mean, personally, for me, it was, as I said earlier, uh, for the first 10 years, I had no one to go to. I, I did not know what I was doing. So I came from a mining background. Um, there were no engineers in, or you know, people in software in my family that I could talk to. And there was no culture of apprenticeship or you know, mentorship in, in, in the first few years of my career. And I struggled a lot. I didn't know, well, was Java the best thing for me you know, or whatever? Um, and imposter syndrome, for example, I, I, I went through that uh, for many years. So for my, for personally, for me, the motivation came from that, from, from this fact that since I didn't have one, can I provide that space to other people around me? So maybe, you know, so, so you need to find your own motivation, but these are some of the things that motivated me. And um, you said that through this club, through this mentoring club, some people just want to have like a one-time uh, conversation. Um, but uh, maybe sometimes uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure if I got it right. But sometimes people need something more long term, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how often, like, what's uh, the, like, how often do you have somebody who wants to have something more long term? Long term is a little tricky, honestly, because um, first of all, so I have a few people who I'm mentoring long term. Uh, some of these are people I was mentoring at ThoughtWorks when I was working there, and and also through the mentoring club. I think one thing that you have to keep in mind is that long term is um, um, so you need to, to to also be mindful of the the time investment that the mentor is putting into this, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes um, I, these relationships could also uh, mean uh, some kind of a monetary uh, aspect to it. So there are mentors who do it more professionally. Um, so one time mentoring is fine, but if you're trying to to to, to build a more long term relationship, then maybe there's like um, you know, a fee that you need to pay to them or something like that. Um, but yeah, but other than that, it's just about, um, you know, establishing that that kind of a contract between you and the mentor. And if they are interested and willing to provide that to you, then, then surely go for it. I would recommend to do long-term mentorship because um, um, it's difficult to understand the entire context and background um, in one conversation. It's always useful to, you know, um, get to know each other a little bit more over time, and then you you really, you know, get more productive with the mental mentoring process. I guess uh, it makes more sense to find somebody in your company, in your work uh, workplace, uh, for this kind of relationships, right? For a long term uh, mentorship relationship, right? Absolutely. Or not necessarily. If your organization has either a formal program or informally, you know, somebody you can reach out to, I think that works out wonders. So, yeah. 
And, uh, Mariam is asking, um, how do you set boundaries for long-term uh, mentorship relationships? Like, uh, of course, uh, uh, like you as a mentor, you also you have other things, right? You cannot uh, spend all your time helping uh, your mentees, and there are perhaps other things. So, how do you set up? How do you set these boundaries? Yeah, and, and that's where it gets tricky, as I said earlier, right? So, um, and sometimes it, it's more meaningful to have a paid relationship in those aspects because you know uh, then both parties are more committed to it and and it's easier to create those boundaries and expectations versus uh, just a, a, a regular long-term mentorship because then you don't know what to expect from each other um if if that was the question around boundaries if i understood that question correctly yeah i think this is how i understood it as well um yeah, yeah thank you and, and sometimes you know it's also about like i have i have a couple of people i mentor long term and it's 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 also about telling them, look, it, it's not meaningful to have a next conversation unless there is a change in a situation, you know. And and it's not just about meeting every week and talking about things. If it's not, if it, beyond a point, it it starts showing diminishing returns. So just setting those expectations also clearly often helps. And in question, like as a mentor, sometimes if someone reaches out for for regular mentorship, I say, do you really want to talk to me? Because is there anything different? That we would talk about versus what we spoke about a month ago, and if the answer is no, then maybe there is a, there's no point in, in a discussion. Yeah, so basically, uh, being mindful, uh, like from both sides, and uh, asking, "Hey, do you really think we should have this? Will it be beneficial for for you to have this uh, uh, extra session?" Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, Ruslan is asking, what do you think about paid mentoring? I think you already covered that. Um, yeah. Um, is there any, um, like, is is it a beneficial relationship for mentee when mentoring is not on a free basis, but rather when it costs money? I think absolutely. So it's uh, it can be more constructive. It can be more, uh, you know, you can set the expectations better. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like paying for, for a gym membership in a way, right? So if it's working for you, um, then it's, and, and, and I think what I've seen with paid, um, paid kind of contracts is that there's, uh, there's more accountability, you know? So if you're showing up, um, you know, exactly what you're looking for. So there's, there's more motivation from both sides to, 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 to work on that relationship. Yeah, but it's a, it, it's not a it's not it's not very common from what I have seen uh, unless I think it's very common for like senior leaders like CXOs, um, but for um, when, when you're beginning your career, I've not seen a lot of uh, these kind of paid paid mentorship programs um, being offered. Yeah, maybe not in terms of career, but I saw a couple uh, like in terms of technologies, in terms of uh, like how to find a job, these kind of things basically helping prepare people for a job interview um, so this is maybe more common for uh, for people with um, less experience yeah so it's it's like you know anything that you pay for right so um, uh, it's like a training sometimes so as long as you believe that you'll get something out of it and you feel that it's priced rightly then then certainly it's it's worth considering yes, uh, Ruslan also is asking um, what would you recommend for a mentee on how to build a two-way connection with a mentor? Um, 
not just question answering, but uh, something more engaging. Um, so it's like any other relationship, right? So it takes time. Um, so you you need to start investing in that. <clears throat> uh, be authentic in in what you're sharing. Um, it's not a job interview, or it's not like you know putting only your best foot forward. It's it's really about discussing what are your challenge areas, what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, and also you know. Uh, and I think I've written a blog post about this as well. Um, kind of working with your mentor together over time. So even conducting a retrospective if needed after a while and saying, this is working, this is not working. Can you give me more? Um, I don't know, can you share some books with me that I can read or whatever works for you, right? So be, making it work for yourself really takes time and investment and, and you should invest that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, we should share this uh, blog uh, in the comments after we... Uh, we finish. Yeah, I'll probably share that mm-hmm. with you. And uh, quite a few people ask how to join this mentoring club. So we will definitely put uh, links uh, uh, in Slack and also in the comments to the video uh, yeah. later. Joining as a mentor or a mentee. So if if you if you want to just be a mentee, then what you need to do is go to the website and then search for a mentor and book some time with them. So each of each of us has a calendly link so you can just go there and and see when we are free and and um, book a slot but if you want to join as a mentor then i think the website has a page which um, which has an enrollment form um, i don't know the exact process right now but you basically answer a few questions and then um, bastian and jess who who lead this project they'll review your application and and then they'll you know allow you in yes thank you um and uh, as uh, somebody who has quite a lot of experience being uh, a mentor, how do you usually, uh, like, is there a difference between a mentoring somebody who doesn't have a lot of experience, like a junior, and somebody who is more experienced? Is, is there any difference in mentoring these uh, groups of people? I, no, I don't think so. I think it's, it's, um, it's just about... Um, what kind of challenges they're going through and if you have something meaningful to add to that, to be honest. So I haven't really seen a lot of difference um, between mentoring um, a, a very junior person versus someone with more experience. It's just the problem space sometimes differs. So yeah, I, I, I don't think there's difference. Yeah, maybe also seniors, maybe the have something more concrete or it doesn't really happen there is no difference no it doesn't and, and in, a, in a way it's kind of um, an interesting lesson because no matter who you're talking to in their problem space they're as you know they're, they're struggling as much as the junior person in their problem space the the, the worlds might vary but the the extent or the nature of of, mm-hmm. of how they're dealing with it doesn't doesn't vary much and uh... As a manager, do you think a manager should be a mentor, or um, yeah, maybe a mentor should be? It's better if uh, like there is a special role of a mentor who is not a manager. Yeah, so um, so most managers these days have like you know one-on-ones with their uh, with their teammates. In some sense, it's kind of like mentorship, but the relationship is much different because there's a you know there's deliver it's more delivery focused sometimes and so on of course there's a there's a there's a career development aspect to it but i would say as a mentee or as someone who's seeking a mentor it's 
it's advisable to seek someone who who's not your immediate manager because they can give you a much more unbiased opinion you know they 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 can tell you you know quit this job it's not working for you mm-hmm. a manager would probably never tell you that right yes. that's just so so that's why it's, it's useful and also on that note i think it's uh, we keep talking about one mentor but you don't have to have just one mentor you can have multiple um depending on different areas because not everyone would know like you know if you're a woman or or a non binary person it probably helps to also have someone from that same group because they would understand the challenges much better than 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 maybe someone who's a man or you know so so i think it it it, it also depends on uh, having different people for different aspects of your your career that you are navigating through I think there is an article from Harvard Business Review like you don't need uh, just one mentor you need uh, like a personal board of directors something like this <laughs> like basically like you don't have to just talk to with the same person about all the problems like um, it's a good idea to have uh, five or six people who you reach out to and of course then uh, like everyone will have their own uh, opinion about the thing and then you basically need to to make this decision yourself at the end yeah yeah and that that uh, you you said it well that is the key because a mentor is the the real role of a mentor is to show you that direction right um, not to take your decision so you still need to you and it's perfectly okay to disagree with your mentor as well right it's just about getting their opinion but but the decisions are still yours so you still need to get invested more in in, in that decision making process and uh, we already talked about like for people who want to start being a mentor you said if they want to do it through the mentoring club there is a certain process and they mm-hmm. should talk to the founding members right but in general if somebody just wants uh, to start being a mentor whether with uh, the mentoring club or some other platform or maybe just by themselves what should they do how can they start I mean, the, the, from a process perspective, it's just about you know reaching out to your network. Um, don't give unsolicited advice to people who don't need advice. I think that's <laughs> one thing to, to, to be mindful of. So, so don't just go tapping everyone on the shoulder and say, "Hey, we should be doing things differently because I want to be a mentor." Uh, <laughs> having said that, uh, I think you know just reach out and and offer this as an option to people and say in your network and say, you know, um, I. I am here if you need to discuss something. That's how I started. Um, and yes, if you if you really want to uh, do it more formally, then you can certainly join a club like Mentoring Club. There are many others, by the way. I think there's Plato and there's a few others. Um, so that's one way to get into it. Um, and in terms of just just you know acquiring the skills of preparing yourself, it's as I said earlier, it's about you know um, having that empathy to 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 help. um not always giving advice but listening um people's people's and you know environment or context may be very different from yours so so just being mindful of these these aspects when you are talking to them and uh, um i know some people think of mentoring as a way to um, have uh, say a side income just start earning extra money by sharing uh, the experience um, what what do you think about this uh, uh i don't know if it's like the real motivation i'm not sure if it's money or desire to help uh, but uh, in your opinion uh, when sometimes mentorship becomes more like a consultancy service 
and I think Ruslan is also asking a similar question. Um, when you just go pay some money to get an answer, um, do you think it's a, a valuable thing for for both parties? Yeah, as I said earlier, I think so. I think if you have some value to add, right? Um, there's no, there's nothing wrong in asking, charging money for that. Mm -hmm. It's like how you would take a, you know, give a training in, in I don't know, data science or data engineering. It's kind of similar to that. Uh, it also has, helps establish better expectations uh, and boundaries around the the contract. So there's nothing wrong with it, with pursuing that as a, as a, as a, you know, a side business or or even a career because there are there are people who are pursuing this um, you know as a as a full-time career option as well and there's nothing wrong with it if you can bring that value and people people get benefited from that okay yeah i know some people started this as a side business um, but then they got a lot of minties that they eventually quit their job and started to focus on this thing on mentoring I'm also curious about, I, I'm just curious about your opinion when things like that happen, uh, when somebody is a hands-on, let's say a developer, creating a lot of code, but then at some point they uh, become a mentor, they start, uh, it, it also happens in the workplace uh, when people, uh, how to put it, like they, when they uh, get promotions and uh, like, let's say from a senior to higher levels, they mm -hmm. start uh, mentoring more but mm -hmm. they start coding less and mm -hmm. uh, the fear uh, that many people have is they become how to say less relevant they start losing the skills they get new skills uh, but uh, they maybe become less hands-on um, is it something to be afraid of like is it uh, is it maybe just imposter syndrome again uh, that kicks in and um, it's it's fine or what do you think about this? Yeah, I mean, and I get this this question um, a lot, um, especially when you're kind of you know growing outside that that initial few years of individual contribution. Uh, typically, the expectation is for you to 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 get into more quote unquote people management, right? And and mentoring could be part of that. Um, and my answer is, uh, first of all, I think whether you're so you it's very rare for you to be doing individual contribution sitting in a corner uh, for the rest of your life so even if you're not formally accepting those roles you're still um, you know just by the virtue of the the experience that you've acquired you are helping other people out and you are kind of you know doing people management you know mentoring junior people and so on so there's nothing wrong with that um, and also for, for for some reason there is this myth in our industry that you you have to pick one over the other so you can either become a people manager or a mentor right uh, or you can be stay close to tech and programming and, and data science and data engineering but if you if you look closely uh, and especially in the last few years these two worlds are really converging together there's a lot of uh, people and me included for example so i write code every day almost Mm -hmm. uh, and at the same time, I'm leading a team and I'm also, you know, doing stakeholder management and I'm also participating in architecture deep dives. And it's very, uh, it's not that difficult for you to, to, to define how your own day should look like. And you can, you know, uh, pick and choose your own percentage of programming time and versus people management time and so on. 
And in most companies, that's 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 not very difficult to do. Um, so I'd say um, it's it's definitely a, a myth that if I do this, then I'll not be able to do that. It's all in your hands how you strike that balance. And in most places, I mean, I have more experience working in in corporates and organizations, but I'm sure even as freelancers or or, or people running their own companies, it's kind of something that can be managed. Yeah, so basically take control of your time, otherwise somebody else will will do that, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and, and it's it's not that difficult to do, in my opinion. So uh, is there anything simple you you can suggest, like, to do, to start doing, to... Like, I'm surprised that they, you said you still have... Uh, like, even though you're... Um, a manager and you're leading a couple of uh, units um, you still find time to program so how do you do that and is there any advice you can give for somebody else who also want to who's in a similar position and want to still keep coding there's no one answer to this i say start with accepting that you can manage your time better um, it's not like you have to pick one path there's no truth in that so, so the day I committed to myself that I'm going to be, I, I have to figure some, some way out, but I'm going to be uh, spending time working with my team, but I also want to write code. It all, you know, I figured this out myself, right? Um, and I think what happens is that a lot of us are not taking that first step of, of, of um, accepting that as a, as a viable option. Once you do that, then you can figure this out by yourself. In my case, um, I over time, uh, and yes, I mean, the, it varies. So it's not like every day there's 20% coding time and there's 20% something else, it, it varies. But then uh, over time, I also delegated more to my team and that then makes it possible for me to take out some time to write some code if I want to, because my team can take care of certain things that I would have otherwise had to take care of and so on and so forth. Right? So I guess the short answer is you can figure that out. But step one is to say, there is nothing wrong in me having this this nice blend of tech and, and management and I'm going to make that work for myself. Okay, yeah, thank you. Um, so there's also a question from Sajal. How can uh, one work out a personal development plan with your manager? And um, I think here we can also replace manager with a mentor. It doesn't have to be a manager. It doesn't always have to be uh, at work, right? You can also have a personal development plan outside of work. Do you have any recommendations how one can do that? Um, again, it depends on what objectives you have in mind. And I, I'm not very prescriptive about, you know, a format or this plan is better than the other. What I would say, though, and where I have seen uh, things fail is it's very easy to create a plan, but it's very difficult to, you know, look at it every day. And that's where most of us fail. Um, and, and what I would advise is, if you're working with your mentor or your manager, look at that plan together with them, you know, every week in your one-on-one -on -one or once every month, uh, keep it printed and in front of you or wherever, right? That's when we lose sight because we all create plans. Um, the manager comes in some day or you go to them and say, hey, let's create this nice plan. I'm going to do this and this and this. And then that gets forgotten after a week, right? Um, and, and, so the struggle or, or the, the hard work is in making sure that you are always looking at it, you're evolving it, and you're working on it. Um, the format or what one plan is better than the other, I and mean, those things, it all depends on, on your needs. 
which reminds me of this new year resolution that we do <laughs> every year at the beginning and then that's the only time when we at least me <laughs> look at this resolution and then throughout the, the rest of the year it's like just sitting there and uh, collecting dust and then at the end of the year when i create a new resolution I'm, oh finally i wanted to do that thing <laughs> yeah we don't when they say that you know practice and process uh, are more important than planning and, and that's really true about your career as well um, yeah, so I, I think we can take one last question. And uh, the question is, um, what do you do when you are overwhelmed by something? Uh, what do I do when I'm overwhelmed? Um, well, I want to say I take a break, um, you know, uh, and not worry so much about it, you know, cut down the, the, the less important stuff and so on. I don't do a great job at it, to be honest. I don't want to lie, but I think yeah, I think it's about um, it's it's about um, I guess understanding that overwhelm is also a state of mind. Uh, it's a it's a mental construct, and and then trying to figure out what is it that overwhelms you because again, overwhelming uh, the feeling of overwhelm is a very kind of high level general feeling, but you need to go deeper. Uh, is it because of a fear of something that I'm feeling overwhelmed? That maybe, I don't know, I have a meeting with my CEO and I'm scared about that. Or is it that um, there's a lot of work that is overwhelming me or there are decisions to be made? And then, you know, going going kind of one level down into that and then trying to, 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 to kind of split that apart uh, into pieces, and that's how I usually try and, and, and navigate. I don't do a great job at it. I, I want to mention once again. Yeah. And uh, there is a question also: What are some examples of uh, value you gained from being a mentor? You answered that already, but uh, I can already see that. Uh, like when you get a question like that, what do you do when you're overwhelmed? You sort of already have an answer to that. You, you, because somebody previously asked you about this thing right and you've uh, already probably went through this of like okay what should i do in this case and when this question comes up again you're not completely unprepared right that is true yeah i mean it, it definitely compels you to think about how you've navigated this is the situations in the past or how would you do them in the future uh, it, it definitely makes you more more empathetic towards other other folks and you know um are you still there you Frozen. Ah, you're back. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. The other thing I quickly wanted to add is, you know, um, this year has been rather difficult for, mm -hmm. for most of us, and um, so that's another another kind of motivating factor to to be able to connect with people from like different parts of the world. Um, and I got calls from folks in Australia, in India, in in many other places where they someone lost their job, uh, and they just wanted. To talk to somebody you know and and that was personally very kind of um, nice to be able to talk to somebody and share their their pain and, and be able to help yeah thank you a lot rahul for coming uh, to us and sharing your experience uh, of being a mentor with us that was very valuable thanks a lot and i hope you also liked it thank you i enjoyed it a lot thank you so much for inviting me and thanks everyone for, for attending and for your questions.
and I will share the recording soon. And also, uh, Rahul, if you can share the link to your uh, to the blog post you mentioned, and mm -hmm. also to the mentoring club as well. Yeah, I will put it. Uh, I will put this in Slack. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm I'm a member of the Slack um, group as well. So if you have any questions, any of the listeners, they can always reach out to me, and I'll be glad to help. Thank you. Well, have a nice day and have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everyone.